Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. We have got a great show today. We've got Lori Johnson. Lori is a spiritual counselor, a psychic advisor, and she's worked professionally since 1989, although she had psychic experiences for as long as she can remember. Being raised in a Christian Yankee environment, and as a child, she could sense the energies around her. And she could feel what others felt and pick up on their intentions. She thought everybody could do what she did. And when she found out they couldn't, and it wasn't accepted within the culture of the church, I'm sure she wasn't sure what to do, but she didn't deny her feelings. She just stopped sharing them. She's worked with mentors when she was in her 30s. She's covered, you know, everything. Thing that has to do with new age enlightenment. And she's got her life experiences, I think, make a big part of her journey. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I read your story and it, I thought it's so interesting, you know, what you went through because I could identify I lost my mom, and I could identify with the, the stress of being a, a caregiver. You know, to tell, I'd love if you could share just a little bit more of your story, story with the audience. Uh, just generally about how I got to where I am or specifically yeah. about my Okay. Well, just generally, because I, I think everything contributes. It does. And I look back on pretty much everything that I have done, and I have had multiple careers, um, I've been in the corporate world. I've been in the entertainment industry. I once threw newspapers for the L.A. Times in bad times. So everything contributes to what I am doing now. It has given me a broader scale of knowledge. And when I talk to people and I help people, I can't take it from my point of view. I have to be able to take it from their point of view. Otherwise, I'm putting my ideals and my culture on them. When I talk to somebody from Pakistan, their culture, their life experience isn't going to be mine. I can't read from my point of view. So having all the experiences that I've had, seeing things from different points of view and in different cultures with different types of people and different lifestyles, then it has given me the ability to be able to just be neutral when I'm talking to somebody and let the energy flow through the answers that they need flow through. So everything that I have done so far up at, I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. Everything that I've done up until this point continues to help me and I continue learning every day something new from clients, from life experiences that continues to help me and move things forward. There's no downtime. There's no slow time. There's only moving forward. And I find that that's a very helpful thing to be able to pass on to people. Looking back in your history, is there one point in time that you feel like you transitioned into that next level? Um, there were a couple of times, but there was one that was um, – it was life-altering. I've had life-altering experiences in moments that lifted me into a new awareness or showed me something about myself that I had not recognized before. But there was one moment when I was taking care of my mother full-time. My father had passed, and I was living in L.A. She was living in Detroit, and I had her come out to live with me because she couldn't be on her own anymore. She used to... Oh, 
burn the pots and pans in her house because she'd start dinner and then go to sleep on the couch, not realizing that she had dinner started. So it was like time for her to come to me. So she came to me, and it was a very difficult transition. She was a very um, selfish woman, which I understood, and I've understood all my life, so it was not an easy thing to take care of her. And I have had trauma in my life, but taking care of her when she had Alzheimer's and dementia and was allowing that to take over by trying to make me take care of her full time. I mean, responsible for every single thing in her life. She didn't do anything but sit there and watch TV and I was supposed to wait on her hand and foot. And I got to the end of my rope with her multiple times, but this one time I was just, I knew I couldn't do it anymore. So I did a meditation that I had been taught which is to completely become neutral, completely without ego, without expectation, without anything. And I called in the Christ energy, and I asked for the Christ energy to put me where I needed to be. And the next day, I got a call from the psychic eye to start my professional psychic career. And that has been life-changing. Well, I can imagine, because it's not like the church pushed you away early on, but they didn't understand you, and for you to turn... To Christ for your in your moment of weakness, I think that says a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, the Christ energy is, I mean, the way the churches have been organized, all organized religion that came into being about 2,000 years ago with the beginning of the Piscean Age when you deal with astrology, that was a structure that people needed not having that awareness or closeness with deity. Um, just didn't have it because that wasn't our lesson. We were like learning as humankind or as mankind on and on and on. So the last 2,000 years, we needed organized religion to give us a structure of being able to know how we could go from self to God or creator. So getting into the church or being born in the church with missionaries and ministers in my family and my parents being very involved with the youth fellowship in whatever church we were going to, then it gave me an opportunity to see how bastardized things had become in that what was taught was not how people behaved. And we were frequently friends with the minister's family and seeing the minister and the family and how they behaved, not Christian-like, while they were touting being Christians really threw me off the church because it wasn't about the ideals. It was about, I believe in this stuff, but I'm going to treat you a different way. And it really turned me off. So the ideals, everything within every organized religion has the ideals that are absolutely perfect, but people don't live all up to them frequently. And so I went with the purity of I'm just going to connect with creator myself, and in this case, connected with the Christ energy. And it's very difficult to do that without wanting to have a certain result. And I didn't. I had to let go of whatever because I had a career doing this. I had a career doing that. I was in the entertainment industry. I had all these things that were going on. But it was like if I couldn't get through taking care of my mother, it didn't matter what else I was doing. So this gave me that connection to be able to have that psychic energy, I would say connection with higher source, flow through me on a regular basis. And it kept me sane um, while I was taking care of my mother until she passed. Well, and I think I read, you know, I think that stretched you to a, a new limit, too, because you're, the number of psychic muscles that you were had were certainly being pushed in every which way when you were doing that. Yeah, 
it, it kind of blew the top of my head off, so I was a lot more open to be able to receive whatever information was coming through. And in the beginning, when I was working at the Psychic Eye, you know, being new there, they don't know who you are, and you get a lot of people that call just because you're new and they want to try somebody else out. It's not the most psychic of places because the work done is kind of like storefront. So people would come and say, you know, well, is he going to call me? And that was basically the extent of how psychic I needed to be. And then every time I would get somebody who really had a profound message or a profound lesson that they needed to have, it stretched me. And when you have to answer questions like bang, 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 because you would do something like between five to eight, sometimes more readings a day, you had to become agile. And it was, you know, mother of invention necessity and all that that you had to step into what was needed and yeah i learned to um gradually it was a very kind way of me getting into gifts that i had always had and not been able to access or not been able to consciously access so now i was consciously accessing them and being able to um build them even stronger and trust myself which is more than pretty much anything else because, again, going back to my mother and the difficulty with her is that there was a lot of jealousy from her toward me because I was always successful. I was more attractive than she was when she was my age. So there was a lot of um, very young soul energy going on there. But it also made me question myself a lot. And then I started working in a psychic area. And you cannot question the messages that are coming through. You can't. Because if you do, then you're going to question your intuition. You're going to question everything and then feel that you don't even know what you're doing. How can you give advice? And then you just crumble and stop. So I had to trust myself. And that's the thing when I teach psychic development, that if you want to develop your skills, the first thing you do is you trust that your intuition is right 100% of the time because most of the time it is going to be right. And if you're thinking with ego and trying to create something that you believe is intuition, you'll be able to determine that right away by trusting first. So being able to work at the psychic eye gave me that trust factor within myself that the messages that were coming through were coming through, that this was legitimate, that I wasn't making it up because it got proven over and over again. I mean, from there, I got like an 85 to 90 percent accuracy rate of people coming back and telling me what I had told them, what I had suggested, how I had indicated things were going to go had been accurate. So at that point in time, you were receiving messages almost in in response to a request, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And then it sounds like it's in our previous talk that it, it transitioned, and you began to get messages from the universe. Well, it's all the same. It's just a matter of when I was first getting this, it was like being trained in school. You know, they don't give you algebra when you're in kindergarten. So it was being able to trust my gifts and be able to use my gifts. And I found that being able to see the bigger picture of what was going on, life, the universe, and everything, but basically on from where we came as human beings when we were first on this planet to where we're going, from the beginning of the explosion of souls like in a Big Bang um, from God and what our journey is to going back to God or Creator, that all of that was part of when I was talking to people and I would tell them things that were on a bigger picture because those are the messages that came through, and then I would get several of those in a day or in a day or two, and it would tell me what rhythms were going on. And I was living in Los Angeles during the 2012 transition, which is, you know, the great 
end of the world according to the Mayan calendar, which was but wasn't the physical end of the world. It was the end of a 2,000-year cycle of astrology of the Piscean Age moving into the Aquarian Age. It was the end, and this is what scared everybody, of the Mayan calendar, which had been broken down into days of mankind, which were 5,125 years long. And it was the end of one of those days and the end of five of those days put together called the procession of the equinoxes, which is basically like a journey, like going from kindergarten up until uh, university level. So when that ended, we didn't have the Mayan calendar telling us what to do anymore. And that was a huge transition in consciousness and in vibration. It changed us tremendously on a very, very, very deep level, on a cellular level anyway. When I was at the psychic eye, I would frequently feel that there were earthquakes going on. Well, I felt them all the time, but specifically at the psychic eye because I was so in tune. And I would have to look at the lamp that was on my desk with the pull cord that would turn the light on to see if that was moving to tell if it was an energy energetic earthquake or if it was a physical earthquake and the energetic earthquakes were constant that year right before and right after and very specifically on that day on the 21st of December in 2012 so when I started getting those messages it expanded things for me and it keeps expanding I keep getting messages when I'm talking to people when I write my newsletter which I put out like every Monday I usually get what I'm supposed to tell people because in the readings that I'm doing during the week I get um, a common theme of what people need to know and it's not like is he going to call me it usually is about where people are going where they're lost what they feel um, how they're supposed to deal with things and when those messages come through I make note of that and then that becomes a newsletter for the next week we know 2020 has had so much uncertainty in it and it's been a challenging year for everybody looking at the course of what's happened over the year do you do you have any messages that you've gleamed from that oh yeah this is hands down the hardest year we are going to have in our lifetimes we're almost done with it but right now for where we are at the end of october last week and a half this week going into the next week and a half kind of this is the hardest time of that year everybody in astrology knew that this was going to be a difficult year this is going to be a challenging year because there have been astrological events with the planets in our solar system that don't happen for hundreds of years or even thousands of years and they were all stressed to make change happen not necessarily the physical change this is again we're talking about the energetic change when we talk about the pandemic I've known for a long time that we were going to have a pandemic in my lifetime. It makes perfect sense that it's this year, even though I didn't know it was going to be this year. But this is that year of forced change. Everything shifted. Piscean age, just as a background, Piscean age 2,000 years that we just got out of was the last all-male lesson. According to the Mayan calendar, every 5,000-some-odd years, there would be an all-male lesson. There would be an all-female lesson. We kind of forgot that the females got the lesson. But the last 5,000 years has been predominantly male. The last 2,000 of those years has been about the male energy finding its power through the power over, through the overlord, through the great um, learning how to be the great leader or the great father figure or the great authoritarian. But what came with that, kind of like a sidebar with that, was the ego and the entitlement. And so coming out of that, coming out of 2,000 years of women having to be subservient this is in a higher purpose this isn't like a punishment it is like women had gotten the lessons 5,000 years ago and now it was time for men to finish off because this is the first time in human history and this is so cool first time in human history where we're not going back into all male lessons all female lessons it's the first time we're going into everything being balanced 
and that's freaking people out. Very specifically, a lot of men, a lot of young energy men who have come in here, young soul men, who want to continue, I'm in charge, and I don't know who I am if I can't tell you what to do. That's the biggest thing that we've got going on this year. That shifted in 2012, but it's like the earth or the energies that take care of us are, have been giving us an opportunity to step into that without being forced. We didn't step into it. So now we're being forced. This is that brick wall year, which is you can't get beyond this year and still stay in that mentality. Yes, not people who are living that are not going to die. That's not the point. It's literally like people who are standing in that. It's about me, and I'm entitled, and I'm a man, and you have to do what I say. As an automatic given that that's the way the world is, it's not like that anymore. They're on their way out, which is why they are so afraid, which is why they are pushing so hard. But by the end of the year, again, we've got an event coming in on the 21st of December this year that kind of sweeps away all the Piscean Age energy, all that stuck, and it's entitled my self-entitlement energy and moves into from 26,000 years of learning me lessons, now we're going into we and us and we are all connected energy. And if you've been in charge and now you have to be equal to everybody, that's a hard thing for people to take. And this year was you didn't get the memo or you got it and you didn't want to read it. Okay, here it is right in your face. You can't ignore it. So we've had one astrological event and the pandemic. And the pandemic basically and all the strife and fear that are going on that have to do with the political situation, not just with us but all over the world. This is tip of the iceberg on the stuff that is changing in this world. The energetic, the vibrational, the cellular changes that we are going through right now are pushing us into the fear factor for everything that's happening on the surface. But we need that. It's like the great negative lesson. We learn faster from negativity than we do from positivity. If you put your hand in fire, you're going to learn a lot faster not to do that again than if somebody tells you not to do that. So we're in that hand in fire energy right now because we didn't take advantage by choice to be able to get out of it. And that's where we are at this moment. And this year, right now, there's a lot of Mars energy, which is that male energy that is really pushing buttons on a number of levels. And that's going to last until probably the end of next week. Um, we have an event coming on November 13th where a lot of that male push energy will now just dissipate. The lessons are still there, but the push to get them is like you got it or you didn't get it, not helping you anymore. So, so do you tie this into the election at all? Oh, yeah. Well, the election, um, people who are standing in this, um, it's about me, it's about I'm more important than anybody else, and I can lie through my teeth, and it really doesn't matter. Um, Trump was elected, if you don't mind me getting political, Trump was elected because he was the great negative lesson. He was the poster boy for the Piscean Age, and he still is. Because he's saying whatever he wants to say, and you're supposed to believe him. He is that power over, that ultimate authority without any apology, without any intelligence behind it, or without any thought behind it. He's not a stupid man, but he is driven by his own ego. That's Piscean age, the worst of it. And that's the stuff we're trying to get rid of. Or I can't say we're trying to get rid of. That's the stuff we're transitioning out of. And he knows on a deep level that his world does not continue anymore. And that's scaring the crap out of him, although he would never admit that he's scared, and people who are following him blindly like sheep are not following him because they think he's a great guy, but following him because he gets to do whatever he wants and gets away with it, and they want to do the same thing. So it's not he's a great leader and he's brilliant and he's brilliant and finances are brilliant and he lies through his teeth. They don't care. He gets away with things that 
other people have not been able to get away with, and that makes it fun for people who are standing in ego, men specifically who are standing in ego. And there's a big smackdown coming. So this is going to be a very interesting time because we get all these, especially we have a lot of young souls on the planet, more than normal, and young souls who came in thinking that because this is such a tremendous time of change that they'll come in and take advantage of that, but they don't know how to handle it. This is, again, in the school analogy, it's like if they're kindergarten people and they're supposed to be learning university-level lessons, they are lost and they're afraid. And so what they're doing is yelling and screaming louder than everybody else. It seems like they're majority. They're not majority. They're just louder than everybody else. So, yeah, it, it is basically epitomized in all the political scenarios throughout the world where there are dictators or there are that ego, that Piscean age male that is trying to maintain control at all costs because it basically is about that person's ego and how much they've been in charge and how much they've been honored and loved and all they have to do is stand there and be a guy and that's fine. That doesn't fly anymore. It isn't even about you've got to be a good man or you've got to be a good woman. Now you've got to be a good human being. And that is beyond a lot of these people. So they're scared to death and they're trying to keep things the way they were and just flourish within what has been. But we never stay in one place. We're always changing. We're always moving forward. So being able to maintain Piscean age when it's already gone just doesn't happen. So we're going into a new age, it sounds like. And I think, well, I know you've written a book about the new age. Yeah, the Aquarian age. Um, that's where we are. That's what we shifted into in 2012. And that when we get to the end of the year after December 21st in this year, then it literally is all Aquarian age energy. We've been kind of straddling. We're in Aquarian age energy, but not everybody likes it. Not everybody wants it because it means that they have to step into being a human being. But that energy is inevitable. That isn't something we can say we don't want. It literally is like um, the when you get a birth chart done, it is about the planets and where they are in your chart and how they affect you and influence you. But as humankind, as a bigger evolution, every 2,000 years, we are affected by a different constellation. So it's been Pisces, now it's Aquarius. And Aquarius is about harmony and balance and communication, and it's about humanity, not mankind. It's about that us instead of me. So all of the energy that we're moving into, that is inevitable, that we can't stop, this is already here, that people don't want to adjust to it, but it's already here, and it's not that it wins, it just is. That's just the way it is. It's like we've got air, we've got the Aquarian age, but it is an enlightenment energy. It is a thought process, but it's also being able to be spiritual, being able to understand things on multiple levels of existence, not just the three dimensions. When people are talking about this, it's the new age, even in the 60s, the age of Aquarius. It was so strong that we got hits of this in the late 1890s. We got in the 1930s, the late 1930s. And then in the 1960s, we got hits of the Aquarian age coming in with, you know, free love and everything is equal and all that stuff. Now, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just saying that it was so strong that we are now in that, but we've been given one opportunity after another to get used to this energy, to step into it. And right now, we're just being pushed into it. Um, and some people aren't going to like it, but the point is that most people are going to be stepping into that energy even if they do not know what it is because it's better than being stuck. So we've got enlightenment coming, and I don't mean everybody's got to go meditating and you know drumming or whatever. This is more about it's a spiritual enlightenment. Organized religion teaches that you find God through the revelations of 
somebody who already did that, like Christ, like Buddha, like Muhammad. What we're moving into is you having direct communication with Creator, having your own revelation experience. And people are already doing that. And they don't have to call it God or Muhammad or Buddha. They don't have to call it by a name that puts it into a specific mindset. But it's still that same energy. That energy is there no matter what we call it. And that is what is enlightening for people and the acceleration of our spirituality. And over the next 2,000 years in the Aquarian Age, we will become less dense human beings. Our physical bodies will become less dense and we will all become more psychic. We all have that. But that's not what we needed over the last 2,000 years. We didn't need to be able to develop that. Now that will be developed, and it's not like everybody's going to be reading everybody else's minds, but you'll be able to assimilate information that is coming to you from not just the 3D world because we have seven levels of our, of our body. Three of them are physical, and four of them are energetic. And we don't use the energetic. That's where the intuition comes from. We don't pay attention to that because we haven't been taught that. And now that is going to be part of not necessarily our curriculum, but of our awakening and our awareness that we can access information and tell what people are feeling and not necessarily tell the future, but can feel what's going on in the moment with a lot more clarity because there's a lot more information that we can access. So you think everybody has that that capability? To, I mean, to me, that's intuition. And I was, and, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, stop, listen to your gut. Um, A couple of things I changed this week that I was doing because just out of the blue, I got an idea in my head and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. And it turned out to be well. But do you think everybody has that or do you think everybody listens to that? Everybody has it, but for many people, especially people who need religion to um, be the main thing for them and that they understand it blindly, meaning they learn by rote what the Bible says or what the Quran says, and they learn it in a very singular way, so they never tap into intuition because they're waiting for messages from like a priest or an imam to be able to tell them what to do. But everybody's got it. And again, we have young souls and graduating souls and old souls on the planet all the time. And the young souls are fearful of being able to trust themselves. But every soul on the planet is an intuitive soul. It's just a matter of how much you believe that. I mean, when I was young, again, I'm going to be banging on my mother here. I was six years old and I was talking with angelic energy and I could see it. And I was outside in our backyard, and I was having this great communication with angelic energy. And my mother, who was raised very religiously, heard me talking and scared the crap out of her. And she came out screaming at me at the top of of her lungs. And it scared me so much that I can no longer see angelic energy. I can feel it. I can still hear it, but I can't see it because that trauma was so great for me. And best think of anybody who, when they're young, if they have any spiritual experiences, and they're immediately shut down because, oh, that's your imagination, or, you know, you're listening to Satan, or whatever, you don't expand that. But yes, intuition is the psychic energy that we all have. That's how mind stuff started. I mean, I was having intuitive hits when I was like five, six years old. Well, obviously, I'm talking to angels. But with that energy, everybody's got it will be easier for us to access it in a more normal way instead of being as if it is foreign. That is great. Yeah, That is great. We're going to take a break in a few seconds, and when we come back, I want to pick that up because I think people knowing that they have the power is important. 
be back after these messages. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. one-fourth of the world drives on the left-hand side of the road, while the rest of us drive on the right. Most countries that drive on the left started as British colonies. Recently, I had to drive on the left in the Virgin Islands, and it made me feel a bit bum-squabbled and discombobulated, knowing that I could end up being the woe-be-gong. That's the odd one out on the wrong side of the road. After gaining independence from England, America was anxious to cast off links with their British colonial past and gradually changed to right-hand driving. The first laws requiring driving to keep right were passed in Pennsylvania in 1792. Those laws turned some drivers into shunpikers. Those are people who avoid main roads at all costs. In 1988, archaeologists found grooves in the road that indicated that the Romans drove their chariots on the left. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. We're back, and we've got Lori Johnson, and we're talking about the new age that that we're in and how exciting and what positive opportunities that it really holds for all of us. We just have to be open to receive and open to go from the concept of power over to the concept of power within. And, Lori, you talk a lot about that in your book. Tell us more. Yeah, um, the power over thing, that was the last male lesson, and that was very important for people to know how to lead, people to know how to step into power when it is necessary to take over, like in an emergency situation, but that's basically all we need it for right now, and that power to know that who you are is, you can recognize who you are and accept that and not think that you need to be something else. And the power within is, okay, this is the cool thing to explain it probably better. The Piscean Age leader was a single man, not single like unmarried, but a a man who would tell everybody else what to do, either because they were smarter, they were older, they had insight, or they were crazy enough that they could take the leadership role and people would follow them. The Aquarian Age leader is the person who is very clear on who they are. They shine an incredible light that attracts other people And those people absorb and observe the energy, and they learn by that person teaching through example, not teaching through telling. Because it right now and where we're going um, is everybody is finding that within. It's not about somebody telling you how to do something and you blindly allowing that to be the message. The message comes from within. And to have that power within means that you are clear on who you are. There are three questions that are very important, and if you know these, that really help you get through the world. One of them is, do you know who you are? Do you know why you're here? And do you know where you're going? And those are spiritual questions. That isn't, I'm going to, you know, get a raise. That's not it. Do you know who you are as a human being? Are you a human being? Can you accept who you are with all the lessons that you've been taught to fit into a society that is changing? Do you know where you're going? 
that has a lot to do with your spiritual growth. Can you see your future? Can you see how you fit in with humanity? Those, if you answer those three questions, or at least you have a concept of them in a bigger way, and they're not that easy to answer for a lot of people because we've been very conditioned by the construct of our society, which again is changing. So as we move forward, as we get into more self-awareness and being able to be in trusting that intuition, then we learn the power within, and that's, that's the main lesson that we're coming into. And we've got another thing. We've got a lot of angelic energy helping us this year, more than we've ever had before. And that's not going to disappear when this year is over. That's going to help us make this transition. Because we've got a lot of years to go that are still in this transition, but again, this is the hardest year. So we're being taught trust, let go, let God, and basically to be able to understand who you are to get into your own power within and not have to convince anybody else to believe what you believe because that gives you power. If you know who you are, you don't need anybody else to believe in you. And that's where a lot of prejudice comes from. That's where a lot of um, wars come from. It's like, this is mine. That's, that's a fear thing. That's an ego thing. We are learning about ego, but not to become full of ego, but to become ego-less. And that's one of the things that the Aquarian Age is also going to do for us. We get the power within. We become less ego-driven. Well, you mentioned angelic energy a couple of times. What is that exactly? Or is that your guides talking to you? Or well, there's, what is for it? For me, this is how, I, how it, it comes to me that energy that is non-physical comes to me in three different ways. There are guides, angels, and ancestors. The guides are energies of those who you have known physically in previous lives who have finished their journey on having to be physical and they are now in a spiritual or a non-physical form and they come back and choose to help people that they have known or have been related to before and then there are ancestors which literally are your blood ancestors whether from this lifetime or other lifetimes that have chosen to look out for you and then there's angelic energy when we had the big bang of souls that brought us all as human beings there was also the big bang of souls that were always angelic. This is that realm in between the physical realm and creator where these energies are the spiritual energies. They are the messages of creator or of God and they help, but they are never physical. And there is a journey for them too, that they are able to go into higher realms because the journey is we all came from God. We all go back to God. So when we came from God as, as if all these encapsulated souls that were kind of like erase the memory of where we came from, because in our journey to find that, to find that inner peace, to find that power within, then we bring that knowledge and we go back to perfection. We go back to God, nirvana, whatever we want to call it. It's that journey. It literally is you came from a place and you got erased on how you get back to that place or where you came from so that you can find it yourself again. And that brings energy and it brings knowledge to creator so it's all in a cycle anyway so angelic energy being part of that the purpose for them is to help the purpose for them is to be guides for us and by doing that work then they proceed for themselves so uh, you do you feel them do you hear them well you said you you could hear them and you lost that so now you just feel them no, I could see them and I lost that. I still oh, hear them, okay. but basically the way that I work the most is that I can feel. I, uh, it's like I feel the information, 
Um, and maybe it does come to me in logical thought process, but it's translated for me in the feeling. When I, the energy coming through for me, like an angelic energy that is giving me messages, they're giving me a feel of what that person needs to know or a feel of comfort for that individual that they are taken care of. And the feelings are very, very strong when angelic energy is involved. So when, when clients come to you um, and they say, you know, I need a reading. What what happens? The first thing that I do is I ask people to be very clear on what they want to know. Just coming to me and saying, well, tell me what I need to know does not work for me because most people will already be wanting to know something and they kind of want me to get there without them telling me. And I'm going, that's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. I read in limits of time, like on 15 minute intervals up to an hour. And I ask people what it is they want to know. And just a gist, we're talking about career, we're talking about love life. I ask questions if I need it, like birthdays or first names of people. And then I take a moment and I do a quick meditation where I get us into sacred space. And then I call in their energy, their higher self, and the energy of those that they want to know about or the situation they want to know about. And then when I come back from that, we just hit it with questions and whatever it is they need to know. And we can go through multiple Subjects like we're going to talk about career first, then we're going to talk about the love life, then we're going to talk about family and health. We can cover a lot of stuff, but it is the clearer that the person is on what they want to know, the clearer I can give answers or the answers will come through me. So you work a lot with past lives, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I do. Because those influence the present, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, I... I started remembering my past lives in bits and pieces, and then when it all came clear to me when I was doing readings, then I would see not similarities on how um, my life was closer to where their life was, but that how things that I had remembered from my past were influencing in this life and how that was then influencing people in their lives currently. There was a couple who came to me who had a son who was angry from the time that he he was born, and they were a lovely couple. They were very loving, and they were so at odds about knowing how to help their son because he was angry all the time. He got kicked out of every school. He got into the military. He got kicked out of the military because he was so angry and he kept starting fights and he'd been to therapy and he'd been on drugs and nothing was working. And what I saw for him very, very clearly is that his life, life, last lifetime is that he was murdered in a concentration camp in Germany and he was pissed and he came in with that anger. He hadn't been able to solve that or express that when he was in the concentration camp, and that's where his life ended. So he was bringing that forward, and all they had to do was trust that he'd get through, but he wasn't going to be the standard son and standard success that you look at because his journey in this lifetime was to be able to get through that trauma, to be able to heal that trauma, and he was healing it through his intense anger. Wow. So as parents, when you hear that, how do you, how do you manage that? Do you just sit back and, and trust the energy around you to carry your son through, or do you intervene? I mean, I have two boys, and I'm thinking, what would I do? How could I help make that happen? Yeah, well, there was a, the karma always comes around, not just for the one individual. These parents chose to have this son, whether it was that they were related to him before, which I think that they were, but they were living in the consciousness of what this world had taught them on how things should be. 
and yet they came in and allowed this boy to come through them, and he chose them also because he they were going to give him the security and the stability that allowed him to express his anger because we look at that as that's a bad thing. But if you look, if he had experienced that in this lifetime, it would make perfect sense for him to be this angry. So it's a matter of they were doing everything right, but then they were thinking that they weren't. They were judging themselves because they weren't getting the standard result. But what they were doing in this lifetime, in his entire lifetime, he was going to deal with that because that trauma was so great. You couldn't just get over it in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years of therapy. That's extreme. So I tried to get them to see that they were doing everything right, but in doing everything right didn't mean that the result was going to be what current society said it should be. Do you see that a lot, that people from past lives intervene and, and they come together again in another life? Oh, yeah. Most of the people that you know are going to be people that you've known in past lives. It doesn't necessarily mean really, really close friends. I mean, I met, <laughs> I met this guy at a UPS store, and I recognized him immediately. We were of different ages. He had tats and piercings all over the place, and I'm like this middle-aged you know, white woman. And um, we had an immediate connection, and I recognized him from about 200 years ago, but it wasn't that we needed to have um, a relationship or be friends or anything. It's just what I call a check-in that I just wanted to see how he was doing in this lifetime, and he wanted to see how I was doing. And we flirted like we were stupid, crazy people who were 16. And, you know, I saw him a couple of times when I went into the store, and every single time it was the same energy, and then that's all I needed to know, that he was fine, that I was fine. We didn't need to go any further than that. So you'll check in with people, but you'll also have people on the periphery that have been really important to you before and people who have been on the periphery before who are really important to you now. Um, I have multiple people. Last lifetime I had 10 kids. I don't know what I was thinking then, but I had 10 kids. And a lot of those kids have shown up to me in this lifetime in different aspects of my life. Is that kind of scary sometimes? Oh, no. It's just, you know, I mean, literally, if you take the idea that you die and then you come back and you take that little death part of it out, it's still all connected. You know, it just is like I knew these people when I was younger and now I know them again now. Uh, it's just the younger happened in another lifetime. But it does dictate. I mean, you know, you look just logically, you look at Mozart. It's like Mozart at age six, you think that he learned the piano in six years. No, he's coming in with that knowledge because he had already spent lifetimes developing it, and there was a purpose for him to come in. It isn't just that you come in to be able to complete your karma with somebody else. That is part of it. But for people like that, there is a higher purpose for them. It might not seem like it. there's a higher purpose for Trump. There was a higher purpose for Mozart. There's a higher purpose for people who are going to make major changes in the world. And Mozart and his music and the music of that time healed the planet. Music heals the planet, and it healed the planet from a lot of the dark times that had happened before. So everything follows. Everything is circular. It all fits in together. And the key thing about this lifetime and why there are so many young souls that have jammed themselves in at this time is because of the transition, the 2012 transition, where we went from Piscean Age, Aquarian Age, and ended the Mayan calendar, that we can do multiple arcs of karmic resolution in this lifetime more than we could in any other so it's like um you know in the scouts and i want to earn all these badges i want to earn them all in a week you can't do that you've got an entire lifetime where you're supposed to be exploring and growing and it's again the school analogy people come in and they're young and the lessons are more intense you can finish a lot of karma but you got to learn sanskrit first as if and that throws everybody off this is an intense opportunity 
but you got to be ready for it. You can't just walk into it because you think you are. And that's what's thrown a lot of people Well, how do you know? How do you know if you're ready for it? Um, It's about awareness. It's about how much you stand in ego and how much you accept what's going on. Meaning that if you play victim, you're so not ready for it, or I would say you're not ready to take that next step. Because victim is about ego. I don't get what I want, and this is, oh, poor me, wah, wah, wah. When everything that happens to everybody, no matter how dismal it is, we've already done that. Before we come in, we make a list of things that we want to accomplish per se. And we have angelic energy that helps us guide with this. But we make a list. And even to cancer, which if you tell somebody, yeah, you chose to get cancer, they're not going to believe that because it's so insidious. But sometimes people, when they're on the other side, choose to have illness come into them because it is a way of them clearing a lot of karma in a very short period of time. And that's difficult to accept, but we make that list of what we want to face, and we don't always remember it, which also makes it very difficult to get through it. But if you sit there and say that this isn't happening the way I think it should be happening, and you don't accept, and you think your way is the only way, and your way is the way it's supposed to be, and all the shoulds come in, should be this way, it should be that way, then you're kind of like not getting the memo at all. Yeah, the shoulds and the musts, they will take you down every time. Yes, they will. But that's a sign, meaning if you stand in should, and you know, I tell a lot of my clients because they get caught in that and they don't realize it, that it's not even when you say it, it's when you think it, when you hear it from somebody else coming at you, then take a look at that. Because the deal here is like, the sky should be green. The sky is never going to be green. So who is that hurting? It's hurting you. It's not hurting the sky. It's not hurting anybody else. It's hurting you. So stop it because it's a matter of being able to accept what is. You know, Eckhart Tolle talks about that in The Power of Now. Be in this moment. We love to think about the future. We love to think about the past and obsess about what happened. But the point is, as human beings, all we need to do is be in the present. The energy, the truth of the energy is that all time is now and all places are here. We live in a time and space construct because that's our classroom. And when we get to the point where we don't need that, then we ascend. And we are in this evolution. We are in human evolution at this moment. We are living that and experiencing that shift right now. Whether people are conscious of it or not, that's what's going on. And it's huge. So this year is hard. The truth of it is this year could be a lot harder. The earth could decide that we just are hopeless little beings and she could have made the entire world like Puerto Rico after the hurricane. She chose not to do that to give us the lesson of being able to, here's a little pandemic. And I'm talking a little pandemic because even though the number of people that are dying is a lot and will be a lot more before we're done with it, it's still not as bad as it could be. We could really be smacked down to nothing, but that doesn't help us learn and it doesn't help us make conscious choices about moving into this new age. And that's the point of this year is making conscious choices about making change and adapting to what's already coming in. Well, I do think that we've realized that, you know what, what we used to believe was going to work for us doesn't work anymore. You know, the role that that maybe I've played for the last 20 years in my job has changed. Um, I, I do think that everybody is more open to change than they've ever been before. But part of that may be fear. You know, they're they're afraid of the of if we don't change what's going to happen. Um, yeah. What do you think is the most threatening? Threatening to um, to all of us. Um, it is the fear. 
the threatening is the the young souls that are allowing fear to rule them. Human beings have the great ability that we can vibrate to the most fixed energy near us. That is, if you are in ill health and you go to a crystal healer, which is like, you know, the woo-woo stuff, but this is what actually works. Crystals don't change their vibe. They are solid. They don't change. But human bodies can change. So you get a crystal that fits on the liver and it can help that liver vibrate to the level of the, of the crystal. So we do that also when people are near us, if they are crazy, we don't necessarily go crazy, but we can feel that. It's like you can all of a sudden feel really uncomfortable when you're standing next to somebody like Mother Teresa or Gandhi or any of the great leaders, you would also feel their peace. So right now we are being infected by the intense fear of young male souls that do not know, I mean not souls are not male or female, but the way that they've reincarnated in this lifetime at this point, but these young male souls are terrified that they don't know who they are anymore. Men are still going to be men in the Aquarian age. They don't need to be bullies in order to be men and stand in their own power. But these people don't know how to do it. So what they're doing is they're feeling the fear, and they're feeling it so intensely and not consciously recognizing it because they don't want to be seen as weak if they're fearful, which makes it them judging themselves for having fear. That makes the fear even worse. We're all feeling that because that is so pervasive and it is so strong. And actually today there's a wave of fear that's going on like nobody's business. And we're probably going to continue getting that until the election is over, and I don't mean on Tuesday. But the fear factor is very, very high, and so we're all picking that up in one way or another. One of the hardest things for this year has been that fear manifests itself physically in insomnia or digestive issues. And a lot of people are having trouble with both of those throughout the year when they might be spiritually enlightened. It's like everybody on the planet is in a classroom, and they have to take a test of moving from Piscean age to Aquarian age. A lot of people, like you say, a lot of people that are stepping forward that really want this change, they've taken the test, it's taken them 10 minutes, and they still have to stay in that classroom until everybody finishes. And that's kind of torture. So as we move forward, you know, and into the new age, are there things, just talking about it, honestly, makes me open my heart and it makes me feel positive. And it gives me something to look forward to. But, I, you know, then I want to be in control. I'm asking myself, what can I do? How can I make this happen? <laughs> Which I'm um, human. I'm sorry? That just means I'm human, I think. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, that's also part of um, if we don't know what's happening, we want to control it even more. And that's what we've been taught. So thinking like that, what can I do? And I actually had a call with an incredibly enlightened being, and they were still asking, what can I do to be more enlightened? I'm going to sit back and enjoy the ride because this isn't the time for you to leap forward. You already have. You're in that classroom waiting for everybody else to get there. It's also helping us let go of um, feeling that we need to plan for the future and just be in the moment and the future comes. We are in higher energy right now, in the hands of higher energy that has total control of what's going on in a way that if we look at chaos, chaos is just organization but on a higher level. We just don't understand it. But we are being led by higher energy. We are being led by the soul of human beings, not by mankind, but by human beings. And all of this is incredibly positive. We're in the pit right now, so how can we see that anything is better? But the light is shining, the Aquarian Age light is shining, and there is no way to miss it. We can't miss it. You can't 
just like, oh, I'm going to turn left. You can't turn left. Every road is leading toward the same energy now. So what we so need to do year, is accept it? It's accepted and, you know, just to be in that energy. It's literally, you know, another of my analogies in 2012 when we had that great transition, it was like everybody on the planet was thrown into a raging river. And 80% of the people who were like, no, 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 I don't want to change, were trying to climb out, go against the flow of the river to climb out to where they – and get back to where they were when they were thrown in. And they were drowning. The point is lay on your back, enjoy the ride, play with the rapids, look at the sky, have a good time. You're being taken exactly where you need to be, and you don't have any control of the current. That's where we are. And a wow. lot of people still you know what? like it. I like it. I think it's a I think it's a great place to be. But for those people that, that that don't like it, we've got about five minutes left. So what can you what can you give those people in these last few minutes to help them get to that point of acceptance? That's a really hard thing because most of the people who are standing in this much fear right now are not going to get that. And that's a hard thing to perceive. They will be in um, a quiet and loving space when they pass. There will be energy on the other side that will help them adjust. But most people who are being so stuck and so afraid right now are not going to make the transition because they've already made the choice to not make the transition into, and I'm not talking about death, I'm talking about transition into the Aquarian age. So they're going to be very unhappy and very lost. They will dwindle, and some might be able to see the light, but I'm sorry, most of the time people who are in that zone are just going to have a really hard rest of the life. But chances are they've been stuck in their own ego for so long, they probably have not had an easy life so far anyway. It just isn't going to go the way they want it to. But that's also part of the lesson. You know, not all lessons are nice, and this is still part of the negative lesson that's going to continue. So everybody makes it. doesn't always happen in one lifetime, though. That's you bring up some really, really good points because we have to want and we have to open our heart and we have to be open to receive. And for some people, that's just not happening. But if people have listened to us today and they want to learn more about you or your book in the last couple of minutes, tell us where they can find you and how they can reach out. Um, I have a website that's lauriejohnsonpsychic.com. My first name is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E, so it's lauriejohnsonpsychic.com. There's a booking page so you can book a reading yourself and information about my rates and my schedule and how I do what I do and where I came from and lots of other, you know, like little helpful information if you want to peruse the website. But basically that's the best way to reach me. If you call me or text me, I will send you to the website to book a reading because I I can't do that um, outside of my reading time. It's kind of like the energy for me right now is just survive at this moment. Right. Well, I understand that. And that's good that people, they understand the best way and the most effective way to reach out to you. Well, I have to tell you, Lori, I've had a couple of walkaways and from just just the, the hour that we spent together. And I feel like that I understand better because I'm one of those that I do want to control it. And as you said, just float down the river, Lee, look at the sky. Um, and, and that's something that I think I will carry with me as we go on. And I think, too, that it's made me realize that there's science behind the astrology. It's not just the two people that are running for political office, that there's a lot of science behind what's moving us in in the world. 
And that gives me confidence. It gives me positivity. And it gives me a lot of enthusiasm as I move into the next year. Lori, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. And I feel I feel your energy. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify,